Welcome to Raising the Standard, the radio and podcast ministry for the Richmond House of Prayer. We pray the music and the message will be a blessing to you today. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice, tell the same old lie. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. Let's sing it. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. And if you feel lost, he's a way. preached the message at nine, and uh, I, I said this to them, this pollen stuff has really been working on me, as you can probably tell, and then this morning I was preaching with all those flowers, we gave away that many in the first service, and I'm so glad they're gone, hallelujah, but, uh, but pray for me for my voice this morning, but uh, we started right after Easter preaching on the first 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus till his ascension 
And then 10 days after that would be Pentecost. Easter is actually Passover. From Passover to Pentecost, there's 50 days. And so I told the church, I said, I'm going to preach toward Pentecost until Pentecost Sunday, which is June the 5th. And if I could borrow from old other brother Don Brinkle, June the 5th, we're going to get the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. We're going to have Pentecost again. And uh, so I, I thought, God, it's Mother's Day. And the Lord dropped this in my spirit. So if you'll stand with me, I want to go back to the book of Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to start in verse number 12. And uh, if you'll help me, I'll try to preach real quick. Lest the Holy Ghost gets hold of it and then we'll be here at about 3 o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to obey God. Let me think that's all right. Jesus had uh, lifted up from the earth, went back to heaven. Just before he did, he gave a command, don't depart, tarry in Jerusalem. Wait there till you're endued with power from on high till you get the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father. Pentecost is coming. His disciples were there. Over 500 people were there when he gave that command. 380 of them went off somewhere and did something else. We never read about them again. But 120 of them went to the upper room. And I want to read just a little bit about that if I can this morning. Acts chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible said, They returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, where Jesus ascended, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in and went into an upper room where abode Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zelotus, and Judas, now not Iscariot, but the brother James, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Listen, with the women, say that with me, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus is in the upper room. Amen. Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. I want to preach just for a few minutes this morning on the idea of an upper room mother. An upper room mother. A mother that would be in the upper room when the Holy Ghost arrives. An upper room mother. Can I tell you this is the last place in the Bible that Mary is mentioned? Last time she's mentioned. But oh, this speaks volumes of the mother of Jesus who obeyed his command and went to the upper room. Father, thank you for the word of God. I need your touch, your anointing, your help this morning. Move God as only you can. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, there are stories in the Bible of mothers, great women of God. And uh, Hebrews 11 said some of them received their children raised back from the dead. In the Old Testament. Saints of God. I could Preach about Samuel, I've used his mother, and I've used her in a, a Mother's Day message just before, and Jochebed, the mother of Moses, I could go on and on. But the Lord began to deal with me, well, if you're going to preach on Pentecost, you might as well include the mother of all mothers, Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, even Islam reveres Mary as a great woman. They don't recognize her as the mother of the Son of God, but they revere her. 
The Catholics often hail Mary, the mother of God. I thought about the song that said, about Mary, did you know when you kissed your little baby, you've kissed the face of God? I thought how important it is for us to talk about Mary. And so after Jesus had died and raised from, had been seen her 40 days, rose from the dead, then seen her 40 days, then ascended back to the Father, set down his right hand, and said, The Holy Ghost is coming. The scripture says here they come back from the Mount of Ascension, the Mount of Olivet. They go into the upper room, and there they are together. All they start naming these disciples, amen. And there's also the women, it says. I'll talk about them a little bit. And Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let me digress. In Acts 1 and 4, Jesus had commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says he, you have heard of me. Can I tell you that Mary here mentioned the last time and I thought about her that no one had a more intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ than Mary. Moms, how many know she knew him better than anybody? She knew all about him. I started thinking about this. Ezekiel 19 and 10 says this, your mother is like a vine in your blood. Amen, grown throughout your veins. Planted by the water, she was fruitful and full of branches by reason of many waters. Listen, mom is more than just a contributor of DNA. She's more than just the one that carried you and gave birth to you. But mom is the one normally that nurtures and trains and teaches and loves and kisses the way that hurts and sometimes makes dad calm down when he's about to lose his temper, can you say amen, with that child. And I thought about this. Can you imagine the things that must have been in the heart of Mary? Have you, you ought to just do a study. I have this week. I'm not going to give you the whole load, but just some of it. And I thought about this, the announcement to her as a young virgin girl. Of all the young maidens, young virgins in Israel, Gabriel came to Mary, picked her out. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I, Luke wrote the book of Acts, but let's go back to the former treatise, as he called it, the gospel of Luke that he wrote and, uh, and sent uh, to Theophilus. And it said in, the, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it said in the sixth month, the angel, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, who was carrying John the Baptist, by the way, is what that means. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came into her, unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled and said, And he's saying, cast in her mind. What's he saying? What kind of greeting is this? And the angel said unto her, watch this, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Somebody ought to shout right there. Uh, I know, go ahead. She's going she's to give birth to Jesus. But mama, let me tell you something. You found favor with God when God allows you to bring that baby into the world. Amen. Husbands, give these moms a hand. Would you? Glory to God. Found favor with God. Listen to this. Behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, which means Savior. And he shall be great, shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David. You imagine Mary, whoo, wait a minute, how can this be? I've never been with a man. Then 
Gabriel says, but the power of the highest is going to come upon you and overshadow you. And that thing conceived in your womb is going to be holy. It's going to be the Son of God. Are you hearing me? What these things that must have been in Mary's heart from that moment, she carried him for nine months, amen, and gave birth to him in a stable after a gruesome trip to Bethlehem. She watched carefully as he grew from a baby into the man that we would know as the Messiah. We have recorded an interaction between Mary and Jesus when he's 12 years old and they go to Jerusalem as they would for the custom of the feast and when they leave town, he's not with them. They think he is. They're in a troop. They travel together, cousins, aunts, and uncles. It's a family affair. It's a celebration. And they leave and they think, you know, Jesus, he's 12 years old. How many of y'all know that 12-year-olds think they're grown? They do. They know, they know so much. He really did. He's the son of God. He's perfect. I said this. They never had to spank him. He never stole nothing, told a lie, never cheated at marbles. Somebody help me. He was the son of God. I heard a man preach one time, said he's like every other kid. He lied, stole, cussed. I said, you are a liar, sir. He knew no sin. Amen. So he was perfect. He, can I say it? He didn't have any of that Adamite blood in him. Praise God. He was fathered by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so at 12 years old, listen to this interaction. They, they travel three days, find out he's not there. Three days back, six days later, they show up. He's in the temple teaching the priests and the, and the doctors and the lawyers and telling them all about the things of God that they can't even understand. Mom was understandably upset. And verse number, Luke chapter 2 and verse 48 said, when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why is it that you have dealt so with us? Behold, thy father, talking about, talking about Joseph, and I have sought you sorrowing. Now listen, I'll tell you, it's the last time Joseph is found in the Bible. He's dead by the time Jesus gets, alive, gets grown. Are you hearing me? Just keep that in mind. She's a single parent, amen, a mom growing, raising up the son of God. And uh, so he... Uh, we've sought you sorrowing. He said to her, how is it that you sought me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Oh, that's in the heart of Mary. Can you say amen? And they understood not the thing which he spoke to them. And he went down with them to Nazareth. And the Bible said he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Look at verse 52. It says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. May I point out some characteristics about this mother? Can I tell you that she knew this was the Son of God? She knew she was a virgin when she became a child. She knew that it was a, what we call the immaculate conception and the virgin birth. She knew without doubt that one day he would sit upon the throne of David, his father. So she did, her and Joseph trained him up. They taught him, you know, what they could teach him that he didn't already know. Amen, I'm sure that she influenced his life. She supported him. She, she was favorable to him. I thought like this, she followed him, amen, uh, through the years of his ministry. Are you with me? She marveled, no doubt, as he opened the blind eyes. When he raised the dead, are you with me? But can I go a little farther and tell you that she followed him to Herod's palace. She saw the mockery of a trial. She saw him spit in his face and slap him and jerk out his beard. Heard him cry, give us Barabbas. She went to the whipping post and she watched him as they tied him there. And the psalm said with that whip, they plowed furrows in his back and his insides are exposed and, and yet not a bone broken. She watched him humiliated. The Bible said there was no form nor comeliness in him. His visage was marred 
workers' thorns pressed down over the head. By the time he went to the cross, one commentator said his head was probably bigger than a five-gallon bucket. There was nothing beautiful there to see. He was a sacrifice. But can I tell you, she followed him from the whipping post and she followed him to the cross. Woo! But can I tell you, on Easter Sunday morning, very early, she went out to the empty tomb. Hey, and he said, Mary, go tell my disciples. She started preaching. Oh, glory to God. Can I tell you, when he rose from the dead, she followed him for 40 days. She was there at the Mount of Ascension. Can I go a little farther? When they went back to Jerusalem, the Bible said with one accord. They're in the upper room, and there they are. It starts naming the disciples. But then it says Mary, and the women were there in the upper room as well. I want to tell you, I'm about to shout. She followed him from the cradle to the grave. She followed him from the empty tomb to the Mount of Ascension. She watched him leave and she heard his command, don't depart. So now she's moving in obedience, not to her son but to the Savior. And she's gone to the upper room. Hallelujah. Woo! God give us mothers who are not satisfied to stop at the cross but go to the tomb, follow on to the upper room, get filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. My God, we need those kind of moms. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I guess somebody needs that all. I've kicked it over. We need that kind of relationship. She went all the way to Pentecost. You might say, how can this happen to me? She just kept believing. She just kept going. I want to say something about Mary real quickly. This is what I see in godly mothers. I, you know, I, I kind of came up in a, in a day back, back farther. <laughs> when I got saved, we got in Pentecost, and, and I remember those old church moms. And I'm not going to talk about, you know, about bobby pins flying and long sleeves and all of that. But I'm talking about women that knew the value of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen, knew the value of being anointed of God, knew the value of training up godly children, amen. Woo, knew what Peter said, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. Can you say amen, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Mama, I'm gonna tell you something, you may never be the vice president or ascend to the White House, but you can get full of the Holy Ghost and prophesy over your children. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo, pull down strongholds. Brother Brankle used to say, it was my mama that set the tone in our house. He said, Daddy was half backslid. Mama was full of the Holy Ghost. And he said, Mama prayed for us and talked about Jesus coming so much out there in those Kansas wheat fields where it seemed like the fields went forever and the sky was a million miles high. He said, them big thunderheads would roll in and every time I'd see one, I'd think Jesus was coming. <laughs> he said, we'd go to the table to eat. And he said, I never wanted Mom to say the blessing. Dad would pray a little quick prayer, but said, Mama would get in the Holy Ghost, start praying, said the food would be cold before she got done. Are you hearing me? And he said, we had, didn't have tables and chairs. We had table and benches. And said, a lot of times she'd get, get to praying and get in the spirit and make them get off from the, up from the bench and kneel at it. And she'd lay hands on them, speak in tongues, and prophesy over them for about 45 minutes while they're waiting to eat a chicken leg. Can you say amen? We need some upper room moms. But I want to tell you, one of the things I saw about Mary was she was submissive to the plan of God. I need to say this. We need women that are submissive to the Holy Ghost. How many will love me if I say, and to your husband? Yeah. Two or three of you. I'm, I, 
That nine o'clock service, man, that was like a lead balloon. <laughs> the Bible said, husbands, love your wives. But it said, wives, honor your husbands and submit yourself to them. Amen. That's another message for another time. Mary had a submissive spirit. That's who she was. She obeyed. It's better to obey God than to look pretty. <laughs> that Proverbs 31 woman, her price is far above rubies and diamonds and trips to the beauty shop. Somebody help me. I, I want you to keep doing those things. Trust me, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even hide behind this one. <laughs> a woman stopped me in the grocery store one time and said, your women down there at that church too worldly. That's what you mean. She said, have you seen how they look? And I thought, dear God, have you seen how you look? Come on, this People get caught up in foolishness. <laughs> I can't, I gotta get back to my message. <laughs> she didn't worry about people. She was submissive to God. Are you with me? The, the scripture said that uh, when Gabriel spoke to Mary in Luke 138, did you hear her response? Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. And then the angel just left. One writer I read about this in the commentary, I wrote this down, I thought it was so good. He said, when Gabriel said that and she responded that way, what she did was set her own amen to God's plan and God purpose in her, God's purpose in her life. Are you, are you with me? And when she's six months, uh, Elizabeth is six months pregnant and Mary comes to visit her. You know, she's engaged to Joseph, his spouse, they've never been together. He's, he's got a year after their betrothed to go work and prepare a place for and, and you know, get everything together for her to come move in. Uh, that was Jewish custom, and they didn't sleep together. That's why the ten coins the Bible talks about when they lose one of them is so important. It was a dowry. It proved her faithfulness. And, and, if, and if a maiden whose spouse loses that coin, it's a sign of unfaithfulness. Y'all remember that parable? And she sweeps the house trying to marry was this virtuous woman. And uh, so uh, she when, when she comes uh, uh, and and, and and meets Elizabeth, and Elizabeth said John leaped in her womb, and was, she was filled, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and so was she. And the Bible, listen to Mary's response. Elizabeth says to her, blessed is she that believed, for there's a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Are you hearing me? She was totally in for the plan, totally sold out. I, I want to say this. I, oh, I got to hurry, but I just got to get this out of my spirit. Mom's the best thing you can do for your family, for your child, for yourself, for your husband, for your future. Have I got your attention yet? Is be an upper room mom. Amen. Be a mom that follows on to get filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm not just talking about shouting and putting on some spectacle, which we all do when we get on the power. I tell them all the time, I'll shout as long as my flesh can take it. But more importantly, I'm a vessel and there's an anointing of God that he's, my God, that he's put in my life and he's no respecter of persons. He said it'll come to pass in those days. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Hallelujah. We 
got husbands and wives in Pentecostal churches talking tongues and screaming at each other the rest of the week fighting. Bubba, you need to get off your high horse and start prophesying. Mm, I love the way you're shouting. You need to stop stirring up trouble, lady. Get together and pray till the Holy Ghost comes down. Pray the fire down. Pray till victory comes. Pray that everything's right with God in that house. Oh, hurry, this tough crowd is on. She had was submissive to God's plan. I want to say this, Gail. She had maternal the chain breaker, put those hands together. How many is free this morning in Jesus' name? Well, some people call him a prophet. Others say he's just a man.
chaser and a We hope you enjoyed this message today. Our church is located off Barnes Mill Road at 330 Mule Shed Lane, Richmond, Kentucky. We have two services on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Our 11 a.m. service is live streamed on Facebook. Children's church services are also available at the 11 a.m. service. On Wednesday, we have kids ministry beginning at 6.30 p.m. with adult services held at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Have a blessed day.